Sunny, I'm so excited to continue this conversation we had with Camelia. As we had mentioned in our part one, this conversation was just so multidimensional and fulfilling that we couldn't bear cutting anything out. And so uh, really excited to dive right in to the topic of this part two episode, all about dreams. Welcome to our podcast, Are You There Universe, hosted by me, Jamie Wu, and Sunny Yu, two high-achieving Asian-American women recovering from burnout. Join us as we embark on a journey to reclaim ourselves and inner power, unpack and explore the transformative nature of social change and justice at the level of the spirit, and heal our past traumas by exploring our present. Because when you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you evolve, the world evolves with you. How do you understand the meaning of follow your dreams? Yeah, that's interesting because I think the East Asian part of me, that does not feel like what is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. There is a, a familial obligation in like, oh, this is what you have to do because of the family that I think comes from Confucian influence, that Mm -hmm. ancient Chinese philosopher, and he had a lot of ideas, but a pretty central one was the importance of the individual um, putting the family and then the state above the individual's needs. And pros and cons, they're like, there's a lot to unpack there, but um, to, to follow um, my own path is something that is, like I think pretty fundamental to me this incarnation who I am I'm a horse and in terms um, of the Chinese year yeah exactly Chinese year zodiac. Is the horse. and I just I yeah like every time that I've tried to to like be who I who either explicitly or implicitly with words or without words I was supposed to be like I very dramatically dropped out of an Ivy League school I was mm-hmm. like, I am not going to be this high-performing freaking East Asian person who's pretending everything's okay when I'm not okay because of X, Y, Z, and W, which I wasn't. I wanted my outsides to match my insides. And I wanted my soul to be guiding, you know, steering the ship instead of a trajectory of success. So you do this, you get this fancy degree, but da da da. Um, and I want, I like the idea of how can we be collectively dreaming? Because I think follow your dreams could be very individual and kind of like the settler who's going out onto the frontier to do something new, which mm-hmm. I don't want to go forward. Dream is such a, if there was even, I'm remembering Sanhei, I feel like there was like, a unit in like AP English about like the American dream or something. Uh, I feel like I remember writing a freaking paper on that. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea of the dream and then Langston Hughes talks about the dream deferred and how Mm -hmm. that metaphor, like how does that work for black folks? The American dream. Yeah. But I love, 
radical, the idea of dreaming as radical because it's nonlinear. Like literally when we're asleep, I feel like the rules of quantum mechanics are applying and not Newton's physics. So some things can be happening in three different places at once. And I can hop between different dimensions and like, is that person an alien? I don't know. Why do they have two heads? Like there's lots of really quirky, cool things that happen in our dreams. It's, I think, a way that I see um, scholars like Adrienne Marie Brown. Who wrote Pleasure Activism. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Talking about how we're in an imagination battle. Like we're living in a nightmare of someone's ideas from long ago. Um, someone who dreamed that like only people who looked like them would be seen as human. We're living in those people's dreams, mm-hmm. which is a nightmare for everyone who's in for everyone. Not, it's like Yes, it is. Yeah. It is for everyone. Yeah. Even though like, yeah. even those who 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 embody it because they're mm-hmm. that's that's so empty. It's and it it's just very- limits their own vision, even those people who have maybe benefited from that, you know. A thousand percent. Um, and so imagining radically, like I think imagination is so fertile as a place of like what if, because it also frees us of some of the the kind of traps I feel like we get stuck in around politically possible, like, oh, but we're not going to get the votes for that. Like that's too left or something. Um, the Joe Manchin isn't going to vote for that or whatever, <laughs> you know? Well, something else I think about is how Carl Jung talks about the collective unconscious. And I really like this idea of the collective unconscious because it makes me feel or allows me to think that whatever dream I might have, my own personal ambitions is informed by the collective, Mm -hmm. that I am one leaf of a tree and that like the tree is informing how I should, how I shall flower. Right. And so I am being moved to express the universe in my own unique way. But at the end of the day, I am one unique leaf of an entire tree. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. (laughs) And that's such a great imagery just to be able to, okay, I can visualize that and I can place myself on that. Well, I'm curious then too, for the both of you, as we talk about our individual dreams, but then how that's been, how it's informed by the collective, what are some of the dreams that you have, that we have for and about the collective. Um, as we move forward, as we re- like embark on a new journey, as we reimagine what's possible, and especially as you know, we talk about this kind of intersection between mindfulness and social justice, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, for me, I think about what position am I in and what does that position allow me to see and and taken. And for me, it's been such a journey of learning about Asian American history and women's rights and the imagination. Like, what is the Asian American woman's desires? Mm-hmm. How do we legitimate that? And how has it become so overtaken by fantasies of victimhood and um, total invisibility, right? And so when Camille, you talk about Marie Brown's concept of uh, the battle of the imagination over the realm of imagination, 
I think about how difficult it has been historically for Asian American women to assert their version of the world that would sustain and make legible our own desires. And for me, it's also been really hard because we're living in foreign land, right? Like our ancestors were immigrants here. So what does it mean to seed new fantasies and desires in a foreign land? And it's been very difficult for me to see myself at the table when I see the importance of um, Native American mm. uh interventions, right? And African-American interventions. And I'm trying to secure my own seat at the table while honoring what came before. And like, this was a tension that came up recently with all the hate crimes against Asian-American elders, right? Like, what does it mean to center myself in this conversation, given the history that precedes me? And how do I do it in a way that, on the one hand, doesn't affirm my own invisibility, and but on the other hand, doesn't repeat like the logic of taking over the space of a like, collective space, right? Mm. At one point, I really used this um, phrase, dancing on embers. I like I had a whole like Tumblr blog. Oh, really? Let's go back. Right. <laughs> I'm 30, y'all. <laughs> oh, wow. But like, that's what I feel like the level when you're talking about like, wait, how do I, how can I be responsible to myself, honoring mm-hmm. me and also considerate of others? And I, mm-hmm. I felt like that was dancing on embers. The paradox. Mm-hmm. Um, because like the way that the US functions is like I feel like the person who acts like the biggest jerk tends to get heard. And so being selfish and loud can get you a lot of like followers on social media and there's no like oversight of the <laughs> internet. So like once you have enough followers then you get in a, then you start getting free gifts and a lot of money and then when you have a lot of money you can pretty much do whatever you want enter donald trump <laughs> someone right. who is loud obnoxious selfish and just here we are yeah yeah so like how to not go down that very attractive seemingly effective road to honor honor myself like um it's it's super delicate and i think is is something that um i'm always navigating that's why i did africana studies undergrad like my school mm-hmm. had east asian studies and ethnic studies i don't think they had asian american studies but i chose africana cuz i was like well, i mean first i mean to me the foundation of where we are at right now mm-hmm. is anti-blackness and settler colonialism and that's the stage that i'm walking on and so i wanted to really look at that stage and the structure that i'm walking on first and i don't know if this is i thought i heard this so let me know if this perception of mine is accurate but advocating for oneself as an as like an asian diaspora person that can be really uncomfortable it's not something that I feel very, I feel, it's not something I feel very at home doing. Um, I, I feel like I have a lot of language 
and willingness and experience trying to be in solidarity mm-hmm. with with First Nations and Afro-diasporic people. Um, and I don't feel like I have words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this actually speaks to one aspect of doing the work of expanding the imagination. It's not just a battlefield around like a preset imaginary realm, right? We're actually also trying to expand that realm to be more capacious and multidimensional. And I think for me, when we think about even academically, the academic history of the field of Native American studies and African American studies, they're older than Asian American studies. And what kind of language do we have to describe our dreams? And I also think in response to some of the things you said earlier, Sunny, about, you know, how how can I kind of center myself and advocate for myself and understanding the struggles and the challenges that we face as Asian American women or as East Asian women or as Asian women mm-hmm. without also delegitimizing, you know, or decentering um, Black and Native peoples is is also recognizing that we like we are not perfect, right? And and no one no one is, and that we can also have self compassion for ourselves and for others as we're searching for the those new imaginations, right? Whereas as we're searching for those new structures to help us kind of reframe what it means to to operate in those systems or outside those systems. Yeah, and so self compassion also I think is is so connected to other compassion. I think mm-hmm. if I don't have self-compassion, then I'm going to resent having compassion for others. I'm like, ah. Eventually, it's going to backfire. My own inner child is going to be like, this isn't fair. Why are you being so nice to everybody else and not nice to me? And when the inner child like stages a, a rebellion, like my life falls apart. So I've mm-hmm. learned to sort of Ooh, listen to those kiddos. Oh, that's so ages. true. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's much more sustainable. Like I actually can show up for other mm-hmm. people's struggles with a lot more um, consistency, if I'm mm-hmm. also paying attention to what my own body and my own inner child mm-hmm. and maybe my ancestors are saying about what happens to me. And there's a way that that's sort of practicing, I don't know if egalitarianism is the right word, but like practicing a kind of value for all beings that mm-hmm. isn't the norm in dominant society. If mm-hmm. I value everybody else, those most marginalized, and I also value myself and I'm practicing that, then I, f- I feel like I'm much more steady. Mm-hmm. That idea of looking within and also looking out into the world, into the universe, into the greater beyonds, like that is a is a contradiction, right? It's a paradox of like let's let's revisit within and our within our bodies and our minds and our dreams and our subconscious, but let's also look outward and grander to even bigger opportunity or or idea. And I just love that kind of balance, right? That we we have to do both, right? And that's also really nested in that compassion, self-compassion and compassion for community. I've also been learning about how we we have this idea of agency and individual subject, and actually there's new concepts of, um, coming up of like relational agency. And what that means is that when I connect with you, I am here to affirm your version of the world, and you're here to affirm my version of the world. And when we try to like map our dreams together, it creates that new collective dream. 
right? Mm. And so far, what has happened is that we we have privileged one group's dream over other people's dreams. And so I think going back to our conversation about like, who's at the table, like, how can... I think it's really about figuring out what is the collective dream that we're all trying to cast together. Well, this has been such an incredible conversation. I mean, we've kind of delved into so many different winding paths, but (laughs) very much related. And we get to hear the sights and sounds of Brazil in the background, which is I love that. Um, And so, Camelia, as we kind of come to a close, are there any parting words that you'd like to share with our listeners or just with us as we kind of reflect on our our conversation tonight? Mm, Definitely. First, gratitude to you. And the other... Another point is that um, we don't have to make things up from scratch because mm. um, I one of my intellectual academic crushes is Sylvia Winter, this amazing Jamaican theorist. I adore her. One thing Sylvia Winter talks about is how, OK, this definition of who is human that we have right now is like super broken. It only includes like a tiny fraction of our actual species, like this is a big problem. But she says that in very brilliant, hard to read academic language. But that's my understanding of the thesis. And then she talks about we kind of need to like create a new idea, a new definition of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And I actually feel like it's not something that we need to create, like the artist Mm -hmm. who's like trying to make something up. I actually feel there's a wealth of just looking backwards. So like we don't need to create a new like healing modality. I can just study acupuncture, which has been done for hmm. 8,000 years. <laughs> um, like we don't need to, it seems very sort of capitalist manifest destiny of like, I, we have to make something new, innovate. Da, da, da. Like, I think that's why like my purpose, my path, I, I find by looking back at my own personal trajectory, looking back and there's so much there and what I've lived thus far. And for tools, wait, what did my people used to do way, 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 way back before colonization? Oh, there's this wealth of beautiful folk medicine and wisdom that I can reclaim. And it's not cultural appropriation because it's from mine. And so I think that so much richness is Mm -hmm. found in looking, looking back across the ocean, across time, And then it's not necessarily lost because there's something very lonely to me about I have to make something up when it's actually Mm -hmm. like, wait, Mm -hmm. there's all this beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, with that, I think that was such a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much, Camelia, for joining us. This has been such a joy and we so appreciate your time and um, we can't wait for you to come back on again in the future. That was a really great way to end our second part of our guest speaker series with Camelia. And so, Jamie, do you want to share with us the affirmations this week? Absolutely. Please take a breath, take a seat, and you can repeat after me. My purpose is not to know. It is to unfold. My dreams contain the collective. I am divine. I love these affirmations so much. Mm -hmm. I think they're so powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Jamie. 
Thank you. And so glad we got to include uh, a second part of our conversation since it was just such an amazing one. We wanted to make Mm -hmm. sure we included both parts and we're so excited to continue having these guests um, coming from a wide range of backgrounds. And so continue to to tune in and, and share with us your recommendations. We, we really love to hear them. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe, where we get to reimagine a new world together. We're so grateful to you, and we hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic, and find Jamie on our website, www.jamiewu.com.